For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fidoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe on this week's show? Former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discuss the Chiefs minicamp. But first, Joe, I want to talk about how the Chiefs re-signed Jarek McKinnon to a one-year deal. So the Chiefs now have McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Ronald Jones, Derek Gore, Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie, and running back. Joe, I think this might be the deepest position for the Chiefs. I'm not saying the best. You know, I would say that quarterback – Tight end, probably the best premier players at their position. Yeah. The running back could be the deepest. Like each of those veterans I mentioned has had a hundred yard game. And I'm saying, you know, rushing, receiving yards can be combined, but a hundred yard game in the last two years. And Pacheco has intriguing potential. What your thoughts on McKinnon resigning and, uh, and that running back depth? Well, I mean, it's, it seems to be like Brett Veach and Andy have a method to their madness as far as building depth at every position, right? Mm -hmm. We, again, not to, not to continue to hound on this point and continue to bring it up, but we, we saw what happened with the offensive line, Mm -hmm. right. In the Super Bowl, And I think that was a, whether it was a wake up call or a realization or whatever it was that sparked, this organization saying we're never going to let that happen again. And I think that's what they're trying to do almost at every position. And it seems very methodical, right? You can't, Cause you can't do it all at once. You can't just build this, this tremendous amount of depth all at once. There's only so many new resources out there, right? There's only so many free agents. There's only so many draft picks that you get each year. You can't do it all at once. And I mm-hmm. think they're taking a very, the chiefs are taking a very long-term approach to building depth at different positions methodically where they know they're going to need it. Let's think about where they've built the depth. Okay. They're building depth at positions that have, for lack of better terms, Jeff, pretty short life expectancies, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Offensive line. Not that, not that you, not that, not that a lot of offensive line don't, don't play for long periods of time, but Offensive line, you have to have the depth because you've got so many positions, mm-hmm. right? So you've got, you know, you've got to fill the roster with anywhere from, depending on your scheme, anywhere from eight to 10 active players need to be on your roster. So right. of course you've got to build depth there. Now, right. I, Even so, though, like you said, you know, offensive line, that's probably one of the longest tenured tenured positions, positions. but there's so yeah. many players that you can, you got to have a lot of bodies in reserve. But then you start getting into what they're doing now at the other positions on offense, right? And where and where they said, okay, if we're going to lose Tyreek Hill, we better create some battles on at the wide receiver position because 
we're going to have, we're going to have some, some big shoes to fill, right? Um, not that Tyreek probably wears a size 15 or plus to me, relatively short, but they got proverbial big shoes to figurative fill. shoes, not figurative little. shoes. Right. And so huge shoes to fill there. So they wanted to build depth. They wanted to create a lot of competition at that position. And, you know, when you got, you know, coming into this mini camp, right. I think one of the, to keep on the wide receiver motif is one of the biggest battles is going to be seeing what happens with Josh Gordon. I think this is a huge mini camp for him. Huge. Because he could be on the proverbial mini camp bubble and, and maybe not even, who knows, maybe he doesn't even make it to camp if he doesn't have a good mini camp. And yeah, so then, you- and Andy, and he's been a, talked about a lot, you know, Andy Reed has really said that a big part of it last year was just coming in late, learning a new system. They said yeah. they finally got it down. So you're right. He's, he's a guy, a deep position in the crosshairs for sure. Yeah. So they've got, so they've got that. And then, you know, you're, Right. Tight end. Right. They've got the premier tight end in the league and some depth behind depth behind them. I mean, they've got a solid tight end that I think any of their tight ends, other teams would be happy to have mm-hmm. even as a starter, you know, full time starter. Um, so so you've got you've got the tight ends deep, you know, running back, Jeff, you know, it's it's a tough position. I mean, you're averaged running back anywhere from two to maybe four years. You get out of players like is you just go back historically and you look through like the Barry Sanders of the world and the Walter Paytons, they don't exist much anymore. I think they're doing the same thing methodically that they've done at other positions. Um, and I think running back was just the next step in their, you know, methodical approach to building a group of players that are going to create competition at minicamp, competition at camp, and then also have the depth going into the season where it gives them really a lot of options about what they want to do. Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid are huge on big playbooks, right? They want to have a big playbook and this plays right into their, right into their, no pun intended, right into their game plan. I do think some of, like you said, they're, they're being strategic. Uh, Brett Feach always is, but I really do think the position groups we mentioned um, offensive line, wide receiver and now running backs are probably the three deepest. That's what, yeah. I'm, and again, I'm not saying the best, but the deepest yeah. and you know, those running backs, not all teams keep five and maybe, you know, Pacheco is a, is a young guy. Maybe he's a practice squad guy or something, but you know, Gore McKinnon, Ronald Jones, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, you know, there's, there's, I, I think they're all going to make an impact and I'm not yeah. saying they're all going to be stars, but I think, each one is going to bring something. Somebody's yeah. going to get hurt at some point. Somebody's going to maybe be more of a impact in the passing game. But uh, yeah, and they're all position. They're all positions, Jeff, that have have high impact to losing those players if you don't have them available, especially on the O line, mm-hmm. right? We and we saw that. But they're also high impact positions from an injury perspective, and yeah. where you see the highest rates of injuries that, you know, you get these fine-tuned motors, not that offensive linemen aren't fine-tuned motors, but, you know, you get these high-speed, high, you know, high-fast uh, twitch muscle groups like at running back and, and wide receiver. It doesn't take a whole lot, right, for, for them to not be at 100%. I mean, offensive linemen, you know, look, I mean, not not bragging about offensive linemen, but they can play with some dings, right? It's not, you know, you, you get one little hamstring tweak or, yeah. you know, you get one little sore knee or sore ankle and running back and wide receiver changes your whole game. You, mm-hmm. you, can, you can muscle through with a bunch of tape and a brace 
on the offensive line and, and, and on a lot of the defensive positions, especially up front linebacker and, and, and D line. You can't do that at those, those high, I call them the high speed, you know, high agility, you know, athletic type positions. Cause the minors, you know, the most minor of tweaks is, is going to cause a, 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 a big effect. It's kind of a big effect on your game. So uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're now they, now, we just need to jump over to the other side of the ball and get some. Yeah, God, we've been talking about it week after week, Jeff. I that as deep as line. As deep yeah. as we are on offense, we're like not as deep on defense. And you know, we got to get going because it's June fifteenth that we're you know we're taping the show on June fifteenth. I mean, we're not that far away uh, from this season kicking off, and it's going to be here before we know it. So. Uh, we got to get off the schneid and, and start building some of that same depth on the defensive uh, front, especially on D-line. Absolutely. And we'll go into more of uh, an analysis of what's going on uh, during the camp in the first two days of it. But first, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Um, some interesting guys who have kind of made, played well or, or not uh, necessarily played so well during minicamp thus far a guy who's really been uh, uh both otas and minicamp joe he's he's really looked good is marquez valdez scantling and i emphasize the cue he told everyone when he met with the media it's not marquez it's marquez so we had to get the cue in there he was a guy joe i was actually a little uh, I, I, I didn't love the signing initially because he, he got a $30 million deal. He's a guy, he's very athletic. He's very fast. He had, he was one of the guys who had was clocked on the, you know, NFL data. There's analytics, gen stats, things they do is, is having uh, miles per hour um, is faster, faster than uh, Tyreek Hill. And he's a big guy, but, you know, I looked at as the Packers, their biggest weakness last, last couple of years was, lack of a, a secondary receiver in the, after Devontae Adams. So if he couldn't make it there, you know, why are the Chiefs signed to a big deal? But he he, he has looked, uh, according to all reports, um, very good in both OTAs and minicamp. Uh, another guy, though, who who's, who's it could be a big year for him. It's a contract year. He's now the most veteran receiver. McCole Harmon dropped back-to-back passes Tuesday. So that's kind of one guy who – we talked about how competitive the receiving group is going to be. One guy who is disappointed a little bit. One guy who has looked really good. Uh, Joe, your your thoughts on, on that or um, in those players? Well, I mean, you know, I'm 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 really really excited about Marquez. There you go. I got it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I I I've always thought, you know, look, hindsight's twenty twenties. You know, he's 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 showing up. He's 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 getting it done. I, I thought he was, I thought it was a really good signing because mm-hmm. I like, I like what, when you look at the current, you know, going into this mini camp, you go into this, the depth charts and some are official and some are not official. And you, you look at Juju Mercole and Marquez. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty 
pretty unique and diverse group of receivers you've got right there. Each is you're right. Each is a totally different. We've talked about kind of having that philosophy, having like a basketball team, like a starting five. And each of those guys, uh, MVS is taller and faster. Uh, Juju is shorter, but real stocky and physical. And then Hardman can fly. He's a little smaller, like a point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I think about that, that three and look, and, and look, is, is McColl gonna, gonna come around? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a solid veteran. Look, mm-hmm. players are gonna, you know, let's, let's not get crazy. They don't have pads on. They're probably learning new plays. Timing is gonna be off a little bit. They've still got a couple of months, you know, before, you know, before camp is, is starts. I mean, you know, let's, let's not, let's not. I want people to panic over a couple of drop balls at, at, at minicamp. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it happens. Um, we, we know what McColl can do. And I think, I think could be feeling a little of the pressure now that he's like, you know, he's kind of like the number one guy, yeah. right? Like he's, yeah. he's it. And, that, and that's, that's not an easy position to be in, you know, in when contract you contract year, a lot of pressure, you know? Yeah. So, you know, look, he, he's going to come around. They're going to, they're going to find their groove with McColl. I think I think they're probably testing out some things, uh, you know, in these mini camps when they've got everybody together and they can get those three, uh, along with Travis, of course, you know, running the fours, I should say, and then Clyde coming out of the backfield. I mean, that is five really, like just go down the line, right? Like that's yeah. if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm looking at that and I got I got options like. And, you know, I've talked about this before, like, like, I know what I'm talking about as, as a lineman, right? Like, but, you know, you've got now you've got some, some people that you can throw the back shoulder to, you've got some possession uh, receivers that you can throw the ball low and across the middle to. Uh, and then you've got, you know, you've got somebody like McColl who can, who can, who can stretch the, the field you know, vertically while they're also working on these horizontal stretches with some of the, the bigger, stronger players. So I, I just, you know, I know I've, I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times. I, I think the playbook that they go into this season with is going to be huge. And I think they're going to have, Patrick is going to have so many options on, on offense. And then, you know, you got Blake Bell, Noah Gray, Sky Moore, right? Justin Watson is is making an impact, right? And he's he's a player they keep talking about, right? Another Sorry. guy, yeah. Yeah, that's really looked good during the offseason. So, you know, Darius Fountain, Justin, Justin Ross, I mean, J- Josh Gordon's, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really fun to watch how they, they can piece this all together. And then, you know, and obviously we opened up the, the dialogue here with what's going on at running back. So I, I think the offense is in a really, really good place. Um, we'll have a whole other podcast about the offensive line as that continues to develop and, you know, we get. Orlando signed and, you know, we get through all this contract stuff, but that stuff happens with veterans and no, no, no worries there. Everybody, I don't think I went to one training camp with John Alt. I mean, he always found a way, you know, as a wily old veteran to, to not be a camp. I mean, whether it was a a minor contract dispute or, you know, something, John, John was, was no dummy. Uh, He, 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 he knew that, you know, as, as a veteran who's played as long as he had, you know, go, going to camp was, was not a huge priority for somebody like him um, who plays it, a position like left tackle. Speaking of something I've been meaning to mention just for uh, our Chiefs listeners who were, who were fans during when Alt was kind of the blindside protector during your days, his son is now a pretty good, he's going to be starting on the offensive line, a good offensive line at Notre Dame. So 
pretty cool uh, yeah. image there. Yeah, that's, that's fun, fun to talk about, Jeff. And the, I think the really interesting thing about, you know, um, about his son, Joe, is uh, he was went through the same transformation that John did. Tight end, tackle, tight end, tackle. And then John obviously settled on a multi-decade career as, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a starting left tackle. It's like it's almost like a it's like a, a carbon copy of what wow. happened because John went through that same transition, I think, at Iowa. When, when John played, you know, back in the uh, late 70s and, and, and 80s, um, you know, he, he went through that whole, you know, kind of transition um, where he, um, you know, w- whether, whether he was going to be a tight end or not. And, and his son, Joe, went through the same thing. And, he, you know, he is indeed going to be the starting left tackle and, and started last year for, for, for ND. So really exciting, I mean, to watch that. Uh, I love seeing those legacy uh, legacies come through especially the ones of, of the people that I knew, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, watching Tim Grunhardt's son and, and kids go through their athletic careers and uh, his son, you know, having a Colin, having a great career at, uh, at, at KU and then, and then on to Notre or Notre Dame and then on to KU. So yeah, it's fun. It's really fun to watch, uh, you know, former players that I play with and their kids it makes me feel old. Uh, <laughs> makes me feel really old to think that, you know, John, you know, has a starting, uh, tackle at uh, at Notre Dame plus he's got older kids his son Mark played in the NHL and with the Flyers and some other teams so uh, really really good genes really good genes in the alt family yeah, uh, sure. but really fun to watch that kind of stuff and I'm now I'm getting to that age in my 50s that I'm seeing all of my friends kids like you know coming into the NFL which is like insane right to think about very cool stuff. Uh, you know, Joe, back to McCall Hardman. Also something I think worth worth noting is that, um, you know, McCall has had some drops. That's in his bad. That's maybe been the, the, the weakness of his game. But obviously that's it. Very, very obviously a, a huge part of being a receiver. This year, I'm almost curious to see if he takes a little bit of the Tyreek Hill role in the sense that the Chiefs would so often just put Tyreek Hill in motion, even if he didn't get the ball in the jet sweep, just because we had to count for his speed. But Cole Hardman might be that guy and also might be getting more like handoffs and things like that. So I think that's a role, even, you know, and it's just one practice where he had a couple drops, so maybe not too big a deal, um, but, but he might be used in other ways just then, than catching the ball. And Joe, that leads me to my, my next question. You made a good point that, you you know, it's, it's one practice. These things happen. You've, you've been in many camps. There's, and right now there's no contact. There's no hitting. Um, how, much, how much do many camps even matter? Are we overanalyzing, over-scrutinizing? Or when we're looking at these things, is, is it a big deal? No, I don't think we're minimizing it at all, Jeff. I think there's, there's a it's, 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 it's probably, it's probably really hard to draw a bright white line between where you have players who are, who are ultimately safe and players who are like on the bubble, right? It's, it's, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to try to get that, but sometimes it's easy, you know, for a player like McCole Hardman, look, he's going to be the number one receiver. He's the longest tenured chiefs receiver. Mm -hmm. He's going to be, he's the guy. So if he goes out and has, a terrible mini camp and drops every ball that's thrown to him and, and, and trips and falls on every route. Like, you know, he's going to be fine. He has a demonstrated success 
of playing in games and, and being on this team as their, like I said, their longest tenured wide receiver, that he's going to be fine. You know, guys like John Alt who didn't, you know, show up or, or, or sat out of mini camp because he, they were dinged up or he was going to be the starting left tackle. There's too much demonstrated success for some players, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Like it, I'm sure there's a list of, of 20, 30 guys that you could name that are just safe and they're going to be in their positions no matter what. And, and when it comes time to step up, but you know, for the players that are right under that line, mini camp is huge because you can almost, I'm going to see if I can word this right. You can almost hurt yourself more than you can help yourself at minicamp, right? Like, like, let's put it this way. If you went out and had a fantastic minicamp as a, as a, you know, maybe you're the fourth or fifth string wide receiver and you had this fantastic minicamp, you know, and, but you're, and you're like a bubble player they'd be like, okay, that's what's expected of that player, right? Like they're expected to perform. If that same player goes out and has a terrible mini camp, they can hurt themselves a lot more than they could help themselves with the really good mini camp. Does that, does that make sense that yeah, I word that right? Right, right? And, and that's like, those are the guys you have to fear and, or not fear, but that's the fear that they have to have and worry about is if you're on the bubble, you could have a great mini camp and kind of help yourself. But if you have a bad mini camp, you might not even get looks at mm-hmm. camp. When, when, tr- when real camp start, when training camp starts. So, I mean, that's sort of my take on mini camp. Like there's this group of guys that just go into it and not, nothing's going to change for them. If Travis Kelsey had the worst mini camp of his life, he's Travis Kelsey, right? He, he's caught passes in crazy situations for the last X amount of years and super bowls and AFC. like, come on, nobody's worried about Travis Kelsey having a bad air quote mini camp. But for but, other guys, it could be an eliminator, not eliminator. Elim- no, it, in, the, yeah. in the danger zone. We'll use a Top Gun term. Yes, <laughs> yeah, there you go. In, in honor of, of the new movie. But yeah, it can, it can bring you right into the danger zone. And <laughs> and like I said, the thing to keep for fans to keep in mind is that it can actually, I think, it can hurt. training mini camp for those type of players can be more harmful if you're bad than helpful if you're great. So that's well, well said, uh, Joe, it wasn't like, you know, and now it's really, since there's not hitting, it's really a passing camp. So I don't think yeah. you can tell too much from necessarily the linemen, certainly the run backs, and even like, you know, Mahomes has looked great, but like, I think any NFL quarterback without real pressure should be doing well. What was it when you, you played, um, what was it? Was there more contact? Was there more hitting during this mini camp in as, as the, the June mini camp, the last kind of team practices prior to training camp? No, it was the same type okay, of, you know, same okay. type of um, a tempo. I, you know, as a lineman, you don't really like it. Um, now, granted, you can you can work on your past sets and you can work on your footwork, but you can't get a real feel for the game. Mm-hmm. And it definitely for offensive linemen, it's a lot worse than defensive linemen. Uh, defensive linemen can go forward with no pads on. They can make moves with no pads on. But if you don't have, if you're not fully padded as an offensive lineman, it's really hard to get into a groove with your zone blocking, um, with the contact that you need to make and the types of shoulder contact you need to make. Uh, when you're blocking a defensive lineman, especially in a double team or even in a one-on-one run block, you know, and that's why I get, you know, you kind of nailed it, Jeff. It's really passing. Now you can pass block, 
mm-hmm. a little bit here and there, but it's still really hard if you can't really shock a player with their pads on and really drive your helmet like under their chin in a pass set. Like it's, it's, it's definitely puts an off, it puts offensive linemen at a disadvantage, not having the full pads on. And I think every other position kind of just like keeps doing their thing. Linebackers, probably another one where if you don't have your full pads on, it's pretty hard to like get up in there and take on an offensive lineman, um, you know, with full force, if you don't have your shoulder pads and, and you're full and you're fully padded up and you're worried that you might like, you know, you worry that you might put your helmet in, into a uh, offensive lineman's chest or put it into their shoulder and damage their shoulder. So I think it's, um, you know, I think it's really, really hard for uh, offensive linemen and linebackers other than the passing game. You know, they can they can do their pass drops. But for offensive linemen and linebackers, it's really hard to get a simulation of what football air quote is really like without the full pads on. Every other position can kind of make do. But those two positions really are at a disadvantage. Do you think then for those linemen, those linebackers, we said how minicamp is important, especially for those guys who really need it to make the roster and need to have good training camp. You, you think coaches are, you know, they're looking for 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 linemen, linebackers, maybe it's a less important, or they're looking. What are the, what are the coaches looking at for for those positions that are probably harder to evaluate in a yeah. camp? Yeah, they're looking at athletic, you know, athletic recovery, right? How, how good are your feet? How can you recover from a bad situation? Uh, how fast can you get to the point of attack? Um, you know, they'll, they'll work on pulling plays and different things like that where offensive linemen can get out into space, you know, and, and the pads don't really matter. Um, you know, they'll look at the pass setting because you can, you can pass block. I mean, I used to, I used to tell, uh, you know, offensive line when I coached offensive line that, I actually used to do some pass protections without a helmet on. And I think the first time the, I, I did it, the, the head coach at the, at the high school I was coaching thought I was a little crazy because I didn't have my players pass protecting with helmets on. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you don't want to get your helmet in there on pass protection, right? Because you don't want to lead with your head. You want to stay back and you want to keep mm-hmm. yourself back and your shoulders back when you're pass protecting. So I think you can do some things in that, in that aspect. Um, Running linebackers, I would imagine, I'm guessing here, but just, you know, kind of spitballing it out there. Um, I would, I would imagine in, um, you know, for the linebackers, they're looking for pass coverage. They're looking for getting to a point, right? Get pursuit. Do you take the right pursuit angles? Are you able to get to the point of attack quickly from the snap of the ball? They're not looking to see how physical you can be because you can't jack anybody up if you don't have any pads on. It's not rugby. Mm. Right? So I think probably the same types of things they'll be looking for from an offensive lineman. They'd be looking at a linebacker or even to a certain degree, a defensive lineman uh, just to kind of see where their feet are, if they can get in the right position. And if you can learn the plays, right? A lot of it's mental. Mini camp is mental. Do you know the plays? Do you understand the scheme? Do you know how to get to your position? Do you know how to get to where you need to be in your coverage or, or your, uh, you know, uh, you know, in your, in your, what I would call your like gap responsibility. Like it's about, it's a, a lot of mini camp is mental to see if you have the mental aptitude to take, to take on the fast paced game when the season starts. Nate Taylor had a great line. He, he was terrific when we had him on our he was. last week's pod. He had a great line that the players aren't practicing football. They're practicing plays, you know, yeah. that's during the off season uh, prior to training camp important to, uh, to, to note uh, one position group we talked about 
how it's different for linemen and linebackers. You certainly can tell a lot about the defensive backs. Uh, rookie Brian Cook, at the safety, had two interceptions Wednesday, so that bodes well for him. And then Juan Thornhill made some news saying that, you know, he's planning on having an all-pro season, not just a Pro Bowl season. That's, that's his goal for this season. So some, some news from the, the safeties there. Yeah, he's, but Juan, Juan is very bullish. I saw, I heard some sound bites from him. He's very bullish on this season. He feels like they're pretty loaded and, you know, you got to take a player's, you know, of course they're all going to think that, you know, they're, they're loaded, but you know, you want to listen to to reading between the lines and some of this stuff and you want to hear from the players and how they feel and the confidence that they're going into the season with. And, um, you know, I think, I think those kind of things are, are great when, when a player does perform and, 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 and builds up some, I'll call them stats, right? A couple mm-hmm. catches, a couple picks here and there. But, you know, Jeff, going back to the McCole Hardman situation with like the drop balls, I would much rather see a player who has, you know, kind of demonstrated success of, of, of being a solid veteran player. I would rather see them running all of their routes perfectly and they could drop every ball. Like, you know that eventually he's going to catch them. But you know what? If they're not running their routes right or they're not paying attention, just like just like Nate said, you know, you're practicing plays. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure that that's all there. That has to be there 100%, right? You can't – I would much rather have a player run 100 perfect routes, catch 50 balls, drop 50, than run 10 out of 100 perfect routes and catch every one that came to him. Because it's just, it just, that's, you gotta, you gotta translate out on the field. It's, it's a game of inches, right? You hear that cliche all the time. Football is a game of inches and it really is. There's very little margin of error, a uh, margin for error when you're, when you're, when you're running a very um, high paced, um, you know, kind of um, perfectionist type offense that the chiefs run. So yeah, lots, a lot to, um, a lot to d- digest there, what I just said, but you know, I think it's more important that the players are doing all the right things. Like, even though he had those two picks, I'd much rather have his coverage be sound right. than just, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, those, those picks might have been just errant throws or something. You know, you just never right. know. But it's all, it's, all about the, it's all about the process as opposed to the results, I think, at minicamp. Well said, Joe. Well, if you enjoyed this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.